It's time for the show, but wouldn't you know, at 570-POD-WAD-1, you can say hi, let your feelings fly, then say goodbye, cause you're done. Add us on Twitter, while you're on the shitter, we won't be bitter, at y'all heard pod. There's iTunes too, you can leave a review, and say we're not poo. We'd appreciate the nod. Thanks, bye! Y'all heard? Hey, Hey, everybody! everybody. This is Y'all Heard, a podcast where me, Marissa Phillips, and me, Pete Phillips, try our best every week to be prepared, but always forget about this part of the show where we explain what the show is. And so it's kind of like... Um, like, like, uh... Are you doing and, this on purpose? And we're not related. <laughs> no. It sounds like you are. <laughs> okay, yeah. In other words, we tell you things you didn't know, you needed to know. And we continue to not be related. Pete, can you hear me okay? I really have the air conditioner on, and I have my video on, which sometimes makes me lag. Am I okay? You are lagging a bit, but let's see how it goes, because you weren't until you asked... Can I? Can you hear me? <laughs> oh, how fun! Okay, Pete, how was your week or day? You can choose. I forgot about this part too. I, I guess it's been okay. Okay. Oh, you know what? I'm going to continue my uh, constant coverage of duck and waterfowl and tell you that I went down to the riverfront and I sat down and there were like a bunch of geese around. And geese are really big when you get up close to them. And uh, yeah. And I was sitting there and I was like. I want this goose to look at me so I could get a good picture. So I brought up goose sounds on my phone. I don't know what the goose sounds like. You know, it's like if I brought up Chinese on my phone. I don't speak Chinese, so I don't know what's coming out of my phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These geese were getting a little upset, and then they flew away. (laughs) Oh, man. Maybe because they knew you were a poser. I guess so. Also, I just realized, like, you're kind of doing birding. Yeah, yeah, I realize that too. <laughs> uh, to use the term I hate, you're like low-key birding. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You're like kind of low-key a bird punk. <laughs> Robot! Speaking of bird punk, the other thing that I was going to talk about instead, which is not something that happened to me, is that I was reading a comic and it's called spider Getting, and it's about a bunch of different Spider-Mans. If you've seen oh. Into the Spider-Verse, then you know that there's a bunch of different Spider-Mans that live in uni- different universes, and they come together yeah. in the fabric of time, and who knows. Anyway, one of them is called Spider-Punk, and he has, a, like, a little... Ew, he's got, like, a mohawk, and he wears sneakers. But I felt like I wanted to tell somebody about this, so it's you, podcast. One of them is called... Spider's Man, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's oh man, the story. What? The story has changed. That Peter Parker was in a lab, and he fell into a pit of radioactive spiders. <laughs> and they, for all intents and purposes, they like devoured his conscience. <laughs> and so now, a whole collection of spiders <laughs> are Peter Parker. No, no, and they move around like in the shape of like a man. And I was no? like, I love this. <laughs> I think it's gross. It's do definitely know, gross. Do they know that they are themselves? Do all the Peter Parker spiders know there are others out there? 
Oh, yeah, I, I guess so. I mean, they operate as a cohesive Ford? unit. Ew! Yeah, they, like, come together inside of the suit. No, that's and, a rat yeah. king. That's a rat king, and I don't want it. So. I, that's a rat king. <laughs> but with spiders. If you don't know what a rat king is, Google it, but without the images on. <laughs> that was a good uh, suggestion, Marissa. Yeah, uh, that's gross. Uh, so how's when, your week? Just, you know, before you explain what it was, Spider's Man, <laughs> I thought it was going to be a spider that got human powers. Ooh, <laughs> like it was like the flip of Peter Parker. Yeah. I thought it was. I thought it was. Ooh, that would have been really weird. Like Man Bat in Batman. Is that what that is? It's a bat that becomes, that gets human powers? Yeah. I don't think that's It's like a Batman is. mutant versus Batman, who's like the okay, characteristics. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I want to describe what I thought more, but I don't anymore. No one will appreciate it. Okay. No, I don't um, my... know what its penis looks like. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't want to tell me on air. Anyway, my week was fine. I... Went golfing. Yeah, so... Driving, I would have known... I should say. Yeah, and I was like, I was like, I want to do something outside because I want to be outside. And the person was like, we could go golfing. And at first I was like, oh, my God. This we is also square. Each didn't, other. Say that out, didn't say that out loud in my head. And I was like, <laughs> not in cough a lot. I was like, I guess I could be open-minded and, like, go. Because I assumed this person was, like, good. But then they weren't. So it was great. Because, like, they yeah. looked like they would like, I thought they would be good. Also, they bought, like, they looked like they would be good because they had their own clubs, and they bought... Oh, that is, that is odd. ...gloves. One, it turns I out the, the clubs came from the trash, came from rich people's trash, and the glove, he wore it on his wrong hand the whole time, we realized, halfway through, but it was obvious, and then he kept wearing it. It was very funny because we looked really like we're a bunch of, like, morons. <laughs> so it was fun in, like, a funny way. Any other way, I wouldn't want to do it. And then they were like, let's play golf. You can be all like, four. And I was like, when did you scream that? They were like, I don't know. I don't know how to play golf. So, like, I just thought this person knew how to play golf all this time. They don't. (laughs) So that made it fun. If they really knew how to play golf, I would be like, oh, why do I hang out with you? You're such a a low-key normie. I'm sorry. (laughs) Anyway, all right. I don't think I get golf. Oh, I don't get it either. I didn't know what all the clubs were, and like, no, I don't know. It was just it was funny. Someone was like, "Are you training to be a millionaire?" And I thought that was funny, and that's all. Yeah, who plays golf? (laughs) Icebreaker time. Okay, listeners, you didn't send us any icebreakers. To be fair, the episode that I begged you to send me icebreakers on didn't come out yet. Also, most of our loyal listeners are always a little bit behind. This is the new tactic that I took. I went to icebreaker. I looked for icebreaker questions on Twitter, and I chose this one. Marissa, if you could uh, detach any part of your body, what would it be and why? I don't like this. Like temporarily? That is up to you. Hmm. I know mine. Tell me yours. My head. Pete, so you can kill yourself? <laughs> because it causes me the most trouble. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. All right. You are your mind or your entire head? Whole head. Just okay. knock it right off. 
Are you still alive, though? Do we use, like, I don't get it. We don't have to get it, Marissa. I just did what I'm about to talk about by mistake. I can't anyway, wait. Anyway, I'm a dick because I'm always thinking with it. Sorry, joking. I'll have one. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, my nose when somebody smells like duty. Makes sense to me. On to the show. <laughs> yeah. So, we seem to have very kind, loyal listeners. And honestly, maybe I do what I'm about to talk about all the time. If I do, I don't know. Actually, I bet I do. Because apparently it's an epidemic with young women. But some would say it's an epidemic across the board. I heard myself... I'm here to talk about HPV. (laughs) (laughs) That is an epidemic. I'm here to talk about vocal fry. So, I'll ask you if you know what it is in a minute. I had never heard this term until like last year. I was listening to the pod, or maybe two years ago. I was listening to the podcast called My Favorite Murder, which is this, like, true crime podcast fronted by two women. And the co-hosts were saying how they were getting a whole bunch of listeners. By the way, in the event that I got confused what podcast was complaining about it, correct me, sure, but I'm sure no one will. Anyway. I recall some of this from Serial, too, I think. Okay, yeah, a lot of people get complaints. Anyway, so the female co-hosts were saying how a lot of listeners were complaining sending them emails and stuff, complaining about their vocal fry and saying that they didn't want to listen anymore because the girls had too much vocal fry. And the hosts were kind of upset because, like, it wasn't really something they had control of or even were, like, consciously doing, as I did it unconsciously. And so, like I said, I had no idea what I was, anyone was talking about. And despite me learning about the term two years ago, I never thought to, like, Google it in depth. So literally until three, no, a week ago or three days ago, I still didn't know what vocal fry meant. So... This is an education opportunity for me and for you. Pete, don't tell us what it is. Do you know what vocal fry is? You know, I thought I knew what it was, but until okay. I started looking into it myself, I also was like, wait, really? That's what it is? So, most of my sources are either from an article on Mental Floss and an article on NPR. So, the Mental Floss article says that a lot of people frame vocal fry as a linguistic fad that is quote-unquote creeping into U.S. speech and undermines your chances at a job. Or maybe you know it as a, quote, debilitating speaking disorder afflicting North American women or a verbal tick of doom. Uh, it's called vocal fry. And it's not doesn't sound the same, but it's like a comparable, quote, unquote, affliction uptalk, which is when women are said to, like, go up at the end of their sentences and, like, kind of make it sound like a question. Or well done. Valley Girl, I went to the market, and I was like, what? Is that Valley Girl speak? I forgot. Valley Girl speak was in when I was younger, but that I forgot, right. like, how, what it actually sounds like. Okay. In other words, it's something that denotes a ditziness or a speaking style that's, like, obnoxious. So if you're like, give me an example, uh, I'll eventually play some examples, but some of the people best known for their vocal fry are the Kardashians, Basically, the entire Kardashian clan. Who? Kardashians. Shut up. Zoe <laughs> uh, Deschanel is said to have it, and so is Katy Perry. So, in a more descriptive and more formal terms, uh, vocal fry is the tendency to draw out the end of words or sentences with a low and creaky voice. It has also been called <laughs> creaky voice, laryngealization, glottal fry, Glottal scrape. I'm not going to say the other ones because I feel like no one has a favorite reference. No. Across the board, however, 
People generally say it's a thing that women do. In a segment of This American Life, Ira Glass was saying that listeners have always complained about young women who report on the show. In the past, they used to complain about reporters using word, the word like, like this, like that too much, or about their upspeak, like I said, where you go up at the end of a sentence. But they said these days they don't get emails about that anymore. People who don't like listening to young women on the radio have moved on to vocal fry, is how Ira Glass frames it. So some people are basically saying, like, mm, people are going to complain about women regardless. There's just a new trend on what they want to complain about. So I'm going to play some stuff. If you can't hear it, well, let me know. I am going to play Kourtney Kardashian just talking. Uh, I just wanted to tell you that I am pregnant. I just wanted to tell you that I'm pregnant. Like that. I feel like that's of, not I just wanted to tell you I'm pregnant. That's a point of discussion piece. <laughs> Thank you. Hold on to that. Hold on to that. Uh, I'm also going to play the comedic actress Lake Bell imitating and, and mimicking what she says is vocal fry. And I'm talking. It said Lake Bell mimics vocal fry and she did it for literally one second. <laughs> Never mind. That was a wasted opportunity. <laughs> okay. In my gut, I feel like something big is about to happen. And I think the weirdest part is that Courtney doesn't think anything is going to happen. Like, she's just like, no, we're just going for her birthday. Like, Okay, so that was somebody making fun of yeah, her. That was one Kardashian making fun of another Kardashian's vocal fry. Right. That was too meta. I'm sorry. But in an odd way, she's not really making fun of her vocal fry. She's making fun of her voice. But you would say that her voice employs a lot of yeah. vocal fry. So I just did it again, involuntarily. It just seems like one of those things where, like, oh, now we have a term for something. Exactly. So... In the NPR, we had two different opinions. Um, there was a Stanford linguistics professor who was like, yeah, I don't really like this. But then she was like, ooh, but I realize it has been going on for a while. But then there was also a speech pathologist who says it, like, undermines someone. So the speech pathologist named Carol Sankin says, I continue to feel that when vocal fry and upspeak are used Often, it's just distracting from the general message. For me, and I know for a lot of people, it appears to distract from what people are trying to say. And I've heard what everyone's been saying. It still has a feeling to me of sounding hesitant, less sure of yourself, and less decisive. And I might be old, but there are a lot of things that I really like in spite of my age. And this is just one of the things that I think is irritating. It's an irritating way to speak. So, is, okay, go ahead. If I could, I feel like Ira Glass always talks that way when he does This American Life. And and part of the reason that I always believed that he did it that way is because mm-hmm. he, much like you, is trying to figure out the answers as we go through this report. And yeah. so, like, you're supposed to sound a little unsure because he just introduced you to, say, one person, one profile, and now he's going to do a profile of the complete opposite person. And so when he's going mm-hmm. into it, he's like, you think you know this person, right? But, well maybe we don't know this person. <laughs> and then he jumps into that. And so, I don't know. I, I I could see a lot of people saying Ira Glass himself just has a really irritating voice and they don't want to listen to that either. I would say in some ways vocal fry is a sort of device for emphasis, or yeah, like you said, or to show hesitance. So I feel like you could purposely, maybe not, maybe you don't even realize you're doing it, but I feel like 
when you're trying to frame something in a certain way, you could use vocal fry subconsciously. Then I do feel like perhaps the Kardashians have some sort of affectation that maybe they've developed. So I do feel like there's different ways of looking at it. I don't feel like it's all can be thrown in one bag. Uh, sorry, Someone I just remembered like, Snooki exists. <laughs> no. Also, I'm glad you talked over me saying linguists <laughs> instead of linguists. <laughs> Some linguists argue that the rise in vocal fry is really just anecdotal. This isn't rising. They say it's not hard to find examples of it going back. Like, not just like 10, 20 years, but like like a decade or like like century. Like, there's been vocal fry for a very long time. Coming up on Courtship of Veneer. <laughs> One of your characters is going to have vocal fry on Courtship I mean, of Veneer. I feel like they have to. Exactly. <laughs> It is historically accurate. So if you don't know what Courtship of Veneer is, I'm sorry, too bad. So people's voices naturally drop in pitch at the end of phrases, and in many speakers, it will drop into the fry zone at that point. The evidence that it's a female thing is also, most linguists would say, completely anecdotal. Plenty of men fall into vocal fry. One example is Noam Chomsky. Uh, He is said to have it pretty bad. And Noam Chomsky is not, like, known for his <laughs> crazy, ditzy vocal fry. Well, they were pretty po- openly propaganda agencies designed to, the way they put it is they're designed to give information to countries where information is restricted. So back to the Stanford linguist I had mentioned briefly. She basically says that the thing is people are busy policing women's language, and that's, you know, the big point. Like, they need to find something to pick on. Uh, but nobody really seems to be policing older or younger men's language. And she thinks that, she, she thinks that, she thinks that women shouldn't have to change their voices to suit society. And she says, I was shocked the first time I heard vocal fry on NPR. I thought, oh my God, how can this person be talking like this on the radio? Then I played it for my students. And I said, how does she sound? And they said, good, she sounds authoritative. And that's when I knew that I had the problem, that I was not part of a generation that understood what that style means. There's been a change, and it those of us who are bothered... make sense! Yes. There's been a change, and those of us who are bothered by some of these features are probably just getting old. That's like saying so, you don't like trans people because you're too old. Like, I don't like yeah. the way that people are... And it must just be because this generation doesn't understand how smart I am. <laughs> I don't think she meant about smartness. I think, I think, I don't know. So words and the way we use words is always evolving. And again, I do agree that vocal fry isn't a new thing. Is it slightly more prevalent now? I think that would be debatable. Or are we just, like I said, are we just for some reason training ourselves to notice it more now? But... I feel like maybe it's less jarring to younger people because a lot of the media, let's say the Kardashians, that's a very, you know. Because young people aren't sure about anything. <laughs> and if I the voice sounds that, unsure, I, like, I honestly believe like that's part of it. If a voice that's telling you information sounds just as unsure as you are, you feel immediately bonded to that voice in some way. <laughs> you feel yeah, like I, this person knows as much as I do and we're figuring this out together. I feel like it's, Maybe the people are evolving the way they're communicating, and maybe it's not as, like, offensive to younger ears. So I do feel like maybe it's more jarring to older ears. I do know that when I'm unsure of myself, 
sometimes, yeah, sometimes my voice goes up or sometimes my volume will lower slightly. And my father gets like actively annoyed with me and he tells me to stop doing that. And I was like, no, I do it because I am unsure of myself. I thought that was clear. But he seemed to have thought it was like a flaw in my way of speaking. So... I don't know. I just think language is maybe becoming more fluid and maybe like the older generation is, is, is just more uptight about it. And the younger generation is more like, who cares? I don't know. There's a lot of things you could debate, but when you really, when you mock vocal fry, I'm like, Ooh, that's obnoxious. But like I told you, I did vocal fry. I slipped into vocal fry numerous times throughout this podcast. And I don't know. I don't like my voice, but I don't know. Call 570 and tell me if my voice is jarringly ditzy. Can I make a confession at this point? Can you shit at this point? No. Can I make a confession at this point? I yes. don't think I know what vocal fry is still. <laughs> okay. It's when you kind of draw out the word. And when you go so low in the register that it's shaky, like, uh. Yeah. Not that obnoxiously. But, like, uh, like, I don't know. I just did it right there. Do you hear? I don't know. I don't know. I think I live in vocal fry. <laughs> you might. See? Men do it, too. So oh, I yeah. Think, yeah, men do it, too. I, did it I also go up at the end of questions when I'm really trying to prove a point and make somebody that feel is comfortable. <laughs> well, I think upspeak is more when you go up and it's not a question. Yeah. I went to the house. Like, no, I went to the house. <laughs> like that. I did it wrong the first time. I went to the house. I went to that that's house. That's a bad sentence. <laughs> I think Mike likes me. I think that's upspeak. It, what about the way that Matthew McConaughey talks? All right, all right. Maybe he's vocal frying it out of It feels like it. Yeah. He's frying them vocals. Sounds like Hardcore. a male idiot. <laughs> Mo- a male fry. What? I would have to say, unless it's, like, the only way that that person talks for an entire duration of something, it, I could see it being, you know, not really a big deal. But, like, I know that you can't stand Lauren Lapkus, Marissa, but Lauren Lapkus I, does, like, a character or two that really relies heavily on it, and it's just, like, after a while, you're like, this is grating, yeah. but it's just because this much of anything would be this grating. It's like, you know, dole it out in certain ways to have more impact, that kind of thing, but... Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I could detect it. I think I would get like at least a sixty yeah. or at most a sixty on a test if you were like, you have to listen to these clips and identify vocal fry. I guess the thing is, after reading about it, I get what it is, but like I don't know that I notice people doing it so heinously. Yeah. Like enough that someone would complain. I don't think of it running rampant on NPR or like anything. I just think I don't know it. Maybe it's because I'm a ditzy woman, but uh, whatever. Speaking of vocal fry, because I knew it was coming, so I could put in a... Not, okay. Not that that was like a great transition. I just said, speaking of what Marissa just talked about. I'll take it. I wanted to explore another vocal-related thing, and that is... Um, another kind of fry. It really gels a lot, since we're going back to a, an episode that has two topics in it. These two topics gel really well together. I wanted to talk about nice. accusations surrounding Elizabeth Holmes, who is the Theranos founder, 
and she's this idealistic con artist who was profiled in the HBO documentary The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. If you're not familiar... Oh, I vaguely know, but forget what Theranos is. These are the broad strokes of this documentary. There's an ambitious college student who dreams up a magical machine that can analyze small amounts of blood for all sorts of tests. Uh, yeah. So you only need a small amount of blood, but you can run the gamut of tests that they take a whole entire vial from you now to test. Yeah. Uh, she meets with her advisor, and her advisor goes, physically, that's not a possibility. Like, you can't fit all that crap into a machine and have it work right. And this woman's like, uh, yeah, you can. <laughs> and she okay. quits school. She scams a bunch of rich old men. <laughs> To build a huge company that was valued do. at $9 billion. <laughs> wow. Finds out, and everybody tells her for the whole entire ride. Everybody, I should say everybody down on the ground, you know, the boots on the ground go, yeah. uh, this is impossible. <laughs> so yeah. what she starts to do is fake results of tests. Uh, Walgreens gets involved. And uh, the dominoes fall, and the woman is brought up on charges of fraud because she defrauded so many people out of money. She's currently awaiting her When you're in that deep, do you really think you're going to get it? Like <laughs> She seemed to... I, I, I also wonder about that. And they did seem to have a prototype that kind of did. But, man, the fun, the fun part about the document... There's a lot of fun parts about this documentary. It's a better documentary if you forget that it actually happened to real people. But uh, okay. one, of the, one of the fun parts of the documentary is the graphics that they built to demonstrate how insane an idea it is that a machine could do this. And they just have vials breaking and blood splurting all over the place inside of these I'm machines. sorry, the graphics that Theranos built or that the documentary built? That I believe they made for the documentary. But it it's based okay. off of, yeah, like spec ideas of how it was going to work. Okay. Anyway, in the days leading up to and following the documentary's release, accusations came out that Elizabeth Holmes was using a fake voice. Admittedly, her voice is deeper than you might expect when you see a young, blue-eyed blonde lady, and that's fine because different people have different voices, and that's that's the way of the world, okay? The problem is, yeah. I personally feel like her voice sounds very fake. I have truly never met someone with her tone of voice before. And I also feel like if you watch Family Guy, you know that Chris Griffin has a funny voice, and you know it's not someone's real voice. <laughs> You know that it's Seth Green, I believe, who is putting an affectation on his own voice to come up with a voice that sounds fake. That's, to me, how Elizabeth Holmes's voice feels. I'm sorry. Why does this matter? And now I'm going to play some of her voice. Okay. Her voice. What she could figure out. A surprising baritone. Was that it would likely cost her a few thousand dollars to get these tests done. In this interview with NPR from 2005, we hear a very different sounding Elizabeth. No, it hasn't. Well, if I use traditional words to describe what we're doing, it's hard. Wait, so the deep voice is hers? Both of them are her. Oh. And that's where the accusations come from. People who worked with her, people who went to school with her, that advisor who told her that her machine wasn't going to work, mm. they all were like, what? <laughs> <laughs> It's like a sound that, like, I don't think I've ever heard before. <laughs> I thought it was a man. And the best comparison that I saw online, and this is going back quite a ways, but uh, somebody was like, oh, I found, finally found the thing that Elizabeth Holmes' voice always reminds me of, and it's Will Ferrell playing Janet Reno. <laughs> Whenever there's a 
quote unquote glass ceiling, there's an iron woman right behind it. Welcome to Janet Reno's dance party, coming to you live from my basement. (laughs) But that's the thing. Everybody who has this kind of voice is making fun of or like trying to act like a funny voice. Mm -hmm. As a side note, if you don't know what this woman looks like, please look her up because I've also never seen anyone whose pupils were permanently dilated and staring at the camera for every single picture. Hey, I'm looking. So, people come out of the woodwork, they levy charges of her false voice. But my favorite, of course, as I said, is the teacher slash advisor who told her that her dreams were impossible. Wait, what's her name? Elizabeth Holmes, H-O-L-M. Oh, I keep putting Warren. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, when I said, why does this matter? I didn't mean... Why are you covering it? I meant, why do they care if her voice is fake? Also, her eyes are gigantic. (laughs) And why does she have that thing that Donald Trump has where she's so tan around her eyes? Her eyes are also, uh, like, I don't know. Listen, I'm not here to shame this woman in any way except through her voice. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So her advisor goes, her advisor claims that she had a higher voice, but then one day... She was at like a conference or something and she ran into her and she had this deep voice and her advisor was like, this is freaking stupid. <laughs> but Maybe she was smoking a lot. No, no, that's no. <laughs> okay. As someone who teaches, teachers don't always come out and call their students out for being weird because usually when you're teaching people, they're sort of like, you know, in transition. They're figuring out who they are, that sort of thing. So, like, I have a bunch of weirdos in my class, but I don't know. Maybe go, she's hey, in transition. Hey, you're a weirdo. Good joke, Marissa. No, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, oh, I, I get that this professor, professor <laughs> I get that this professor really enjoys gloating about how all this stuff went down, and she probably warns every single person that she knows about the legend of Elizabeth Holmes who didn't listen to my <laughs> advice. Uh, but former co-workers of Holmes said that the voice was fake, and like many of us, after she had a couple of drinks, she sort of fell out of the professional character she was trying to put up, and she fell into her real voice. Oh, I love it. That's so stupid. Her family denies this to TMZ, who reported, quote, We're told that most people in the family have low voices, including her grandmother, and Elizabeth will occasionally change her pitch to a higher octave, especially when she gets excited and passionate. Oh, yeah. So maybe she was, maybe she, the higher octave was fake. It just sounds so so, I mean, she sounds like a psychopath anyway, so is any of this that hard to believe? Was that it would likely cost her a few thousand dollars. It would likely cost her a few thousand dollars. Wait, that's her? Yes. That sounds like a man, man. Was that it would likely like a cost man, her man. a few thousand dollars to get... <laughs> and I'm just gonna... Like, a, like a legit man. I watched this documentary, and when you she came on... You want me to say man? Because it sounds like a man. I don't mean to be rude either, because I'm not ridiculing this person, who, by the way, deserves all ridicule for what she does. Also, me saying she sounds like a man isn't a ridicule, it's a fact. Right. But I'm sitting at home, in the privacy of my own home, which is where I do most things, and I'm watching this documentary, and this woman comes on, and she's like, oh, hi, I'm Elizabeth Smart. And I'm like, what the f*** is this? Elizabeth Smart? Elizabeth Holmes. Okay. Isn't this the woman that got lost in a well? No, she didn't get lost in a well. She was helping. Amy Smart? What did Amy Smart do? Wait, yeah, I think you're right. Amy Smart. Okay. 
No, wait. Is Amy Smart the actress? No, that's... I don't know. <laughs> Continue. Some people speculate that this voice is part of the Elizabeth Holmes scam. She ripped off many, air quote, successful people. She wore all black so that she wouldn't waste mental energy on what to wear each day. That's not a thing. Shut up. Which is a great idea if your mind is racing trying to keep track of all the other lies you're telling. Also, that's the same thing goths do. Like, shut up. <laughs> Once this advisor told her that her dream was impossible and she hooked up with, and when I say that I d- she networked with, uh, oh. a rich man, um, she dropped out of college <laughs> so that she could follow this uh, vision. And she also danced like a total nerd to MC Hammer when her business appeared to be on track to success. You said she danced? Yes. I don't like this. The societal problem is that people that she's emulating are nerdy old men. (laughs) And so some speculate that this was part of her impression of a genius. She was trying to emulate Steve Jobs and other successful people. And so she wore all black and she spoke with a lower voice and all these kinds of things because these are signs (laughs) that you're a genius. But do you think nerdy old men want to give money to a cute girl or they want to give money to a cute girl and a man? If you can if you can cross the two over. Guys, I'm not shaming anyone with a deep voice. I'm just saying like it's weird. <laughs> now, when Marissa asked earlier, she clarified her question, but Marissa said, "Why is this important?" And I'm going to tell you why it's important to me. Because the Washington Post, they encapsulated it in one quote. Bring it. Understanding Holmes' voice helps people feel as if they understand Holmes. There are so many people online who are like, I just want to hear her real voice. Just let me hear her real voice. People were uploading old clips and like putting them side by side in YouTube videos, comparing her, her I guess we'll say, old voice to her current voice. And they were getting taken down from YouTube. What? <laughs> Which only made people blow it out of proportion even more and go, this is how deep does this conspiracy go? Wow. Okay. I also love the publications that are digging into this and really trying to crack the case wide open, like Women's Health, Town and Country Magazine, and TopStyleToday.com. Good for that. The last of which is just an online ad-selling publication, but one that pitches the idea that many women are faking their voices at work. It's also an epidemic. <laughs> because Why? What? Why because female voices, female voices aren't heard as professional. We're not all trying to sound like men. That's why a woman would fake her voice, to demand authority and command the room. Except I don't like the question that forces that answer. A better question is why would any person fake their voice? True. And despite what I mentioned already, if you use Occam's razor on this test, you will discover that the answer is clear. According to MarketWatch, CEOs with a lower tone of voice make an average of $187,000 more a year. Oh my god. That is <laughs> bullshit. That Jill- is- Jillian O'Connor, an assistant professor of psychology at Concordia University who studies voices influence on others' perceptions, told The Cut, quote, some of the research we've worked on shows that when men and women deliberately lower their voices, it's actually successful. They do sound more dominant. They do sound more likely to be someone who's in a position of power. Give me a raise. She says that people would fake their voice because they sincerely believe that it will benefit them in some way. For example, you might fake a British accent to try and sound smarter. 
okay. Okay, I get that. Some people may feel the need to counteract the initial impression they may give off by being young or inexperienced by affecting a lower, more authoritative voice. But hearing the recordings, she is definitely speaking in a range that doesn't sound authentic. That is according to Jay Miller, a voice and speech coach who lives in Toronto. Yeah, like she amplified it too much. Yeah. And she's misrepresenting herself, which is not something that we should all be ashamed of. We've all done it. Maybe you're going on a date, maybe you're going on a job interview, and you're just like, I got to put on this front so that the other person likes me, or I get the job, or whatever it might be. But you have yeah, to consider... Yeah, my boyfriend thinks I'm British. <laughs> That's a lie, and I don't even have a boyfriend. Continue. <laughs> you have to consider the scope of something that you've done, like going out on a date, versus the scope of what Elizabeth Holmes did. She built and burned down a $9 billion company. Not literally, Marissa. Uh, yeah. she, she scammed a major drugstore chain. She tarnished the reputation of significant financial authority figures. And she condoned faking blood test results of actual everyday patients. Drama! When I was a kid, I wore purple Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle patterned MC Hammer pants because I believed that that's what cool kids wore. <laughs> I misrepresented myself because I was not cool. But that didn't have a lot of impact in the world. <laughs> they were the coolest pants ever. And one day, my mom did the wash and threw them out. And I was furious. <laughs> yeah, my mom, my mom loved, quote-unquote, doing the wash with all my clothes in high school. <laughs> also, to be fair, the voice of Elizabeth Holmes is the tip of the psychotic iceberg for this human yeah. being. Regardless of its authenticity, it seemed to have worked. People gave her money. Uh, she has also a court date coming up on April 22nd, and she's engaged to a hotel heir who is seven years her junior, whose family says that he has been brainwashed by her. By her seductive voice. Maybe these two people are perfect for each other. Uh, as a former colleague of the guy says he was a bit of a showman he wandered around with absolute purpose but no one knew what his purpose was to which i say see these people are just like you and me <laughs> they remind me of the fire festival guy yeah and right? i feel like we all work with someone who walks around with absolute purpose but no one knows what their purpose is yep that's I also just wanted to slide in really quick, even though I don't have a ton of research about it. People have been accusing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of having a fake accent as well. Um, also, this is not totally related, but have you heard anyone accusing Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of wanting to, quote, kill all the cows because of their methane emissions? <laughs> I could see how someone would get there. <laughs> Someone I respect very much said, <laughs> my coworker told me she wants to kill all the cows because <laughs> they emit so many methane emissions. But they didn't laugh. They just repeated it. And I went, yeah, I'm pretty sure she didn't say that, but I'll double check. Is that part of the Green New Deal? Kill all the cows? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> oh, that's troubling. Continue. Oh, I have nothing to continue with. I like that. I had no idea. I've been reading little bits about her here and there by mistake. Did not know about the voice thing. That's weird. Yeah, if you've just been reading and not actually watching the documentary or videos of her, then 
yeah, you don't get a taste for it, which is, I, but like, I've seen pictures of her, I've read the articles, I know the broad strokes, but then when she starts talking, I'm like, whoa, what is happening? <laughs> and then when they start talking about the machine, I'm like, what, what is happening? And then they have techs who were in charge of building the machine, and they're like, we told her on day one, this is impossible, but she still kept, you know, making us try to do this, and I'm like, what is happening? Pride, <laughs> people. Pride. No one to fold them. And maybe the truth of the matter is, I have no pride, and so <laughs> I just don't understand what that would be like. You're a good and humble person. Pete. To have that sense of delusion. <laughs> <laughs> Plugs. Uh, would you recommend it, the documentary? Yes. It's, okay. uh, it's, I feel like it's a pretty fun one. In the IMDb trivia which I don't think is really like a hidden truth about it or anything like that. Evidently what happened was this woman was on the rise and a documentarian approached her and said, I'd like to do a documentary on her. And she was like, shit, yeah, of course you would. I'm awesome. And so she goes, come on, follow me around, do these interviews. She does all this stuff. And then the company starts to go to shit. And oh this my guy God, goes, so this guy goes, hmm, maybe I'll take all this crap that she gave me and edit it into into the sort of like car crash of what the uh, company is going through. And then oh he ended gosh, up with this wonderful documentary. <laughs> so beautiful. So yeah, uh, being that I'm not ready for this part either, I don't know what I'm ready for. Uh, I would like to plug the documentary. Yeah, if you have okay. access to HBO or you want to steal it off of somebody else, check that documentary out. The Inventor, Out for Blood in Silicon Valley. Although I'll tell you one thing, if you Google Elizabeth Holmes, You'll see a picture of her holding a little teeny, 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 tiny vial of blood. You better get used to that because it's used 750,000 times in the documentary. Okay. Make sure you do not Google Elizabeth Warren. I'm sorry. You're allowed to Google Elizabeth Warren. Of course. Yes. Just make sure you know that she's not Elizabeth Make sure you Warren. Google Elizabeth Warren Native American question mark. Yes. I know who Elizabeth <laughs> Warren is, but I thought they shared the same name. No. Because I was, I don't know what I was thinking. By um, the way, it doesn't matter if she's Native American or not. <laughs> yes. Uh, plug. If you feel sad that Luke Perry died, Hulu is airing all of the episodes of the old 90210, and I am watching them. <laughs> also, uh, the latest episode of SNL with uh, What's-His-Face, the guy from Game of Thrones, has a skit that was beautiful called, Kit, like... Kit Harrington. Yeah, Kit Harrington. There is a sketch about a pageant for nephews, which made no sense. It was very fun. Mm -hmm. But then there nice. was a nonsensical sketch that I was like, what? About a Michael Jackson cover band who realizes it wasn't popular to be a Michael Jackson cover band. So he just puts on a Frank Sinatra wig, but pretends he's a Frank Sinatra cover band, but all the songs are still to the beat of Michael Jackson band songs. It's very complicated. And I like where they were coming from, but it, it was just weird. But it's worth watching because it's so weird. My, the point is, watch the Kid Heron today, SNL. When they announced, I, I took too long to get there. I'm sorry. Yes. When they announced the uh, people who were hosting SNL mm -hmm. uh, over the past three weeks, they announced it all at once, and it mm -hmm. was Sandra O, oh, Kit Harrington, and Emma Stone. And I thought that Kit Harrington was an Asian woman because <laughs> somebody put a joke up. Wow. Two Asian women in three over the course oh, of three that's weeks. Cute. That's, that's cute. And it was an Emma Stone joke, and which I didn't realize until I saw that she was hosting. And I was like, "Oh, I get it now. I get it." Like yeah, a month like later. <laughs> Sandra O was was fun. She had some really fun skits, I and I liked it. her commitment because I've only ever seen her as like a bitch. So she was very fun. So yeah, that's my plugs. 
if you think my voice is annoying, slide into my DMs and stop. Stop listening, bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything for you, Pete? Call us at 570-POD-WOD-1. Leave us some reviews. I think we're up to 12 on iTunes. Oh, do we have new ones? Woo! No, we have ratings, not reviews. Okay. Yeah. Goodbye! Hi. Hi.